Welcome to the first Daniel Energy Partners in Basin Observations show of 2022. We haven't done this for I don't know eight nine months. But yeah, we've been pretty lazy about it. But yeah. we need to we need to get back on it. Yeah, well, we're we're a little we're not used to hearing our own voices, and so I think that's one of the problems that we've had. Yeah. But we are here at the NAPE conference, and we thought this was a really good opportunity for us to, I guess, bring back the podcast and talk a little bit about what we've been up to. That's right. So it's, uh, boy, where, where do we begin? Uh, I guess the last few weeks we've been pretty, you know, tied up with our own event that we're planning. Um, and we're not going to steal any thunder from Nate because this is a great event, but uh, we've all been, you know, focused on building out agendas and panels and panel questions and registration stuff and that we're almost uh we're almost finished with that uh and uh i think the next thing is getting back out into the field yep that's and, right and so i know i'm sneaking over to midland next week uh we'll go look at a new uh frack unit a okay. new a new design so i get a, a, a tour uh next week and then um the following week we do our event as you well know and then right. march i think is going to be pretty busy for our team uh, I think we're all going to be having to divide and conquer and get back out and kick the tires and yeah, see what's going on. Yeah, so, it'll, be, it'll be nice. I mean, just like you said, we've all been doing exactly what we don't want to do around here, which is sit around behind Excel, look yes. at things, try to organize stuff. And really, we want all you especially want to get back out, kick tires, see some new stuff out right. there. So I think you'll be hearing seeing more of our notes coming out about, you know, trips to Midland. Like I said, we'll do that. Uh, I know we need to get up to Pittsburgh and see some of the Marcellus players. Yep. Uh, East Texas is just a hop, skip, and a jump away. And so that's a quick drive up for some meetings. So we'll be doing that uh, yeah. here pretty soon. Well, I mean, it's really nice. Like the last year this time, again, we were getting ready for, for our event, but oil was not at $90 a barrel. The right. world was a very different place. So it is nice, just like you're saying, getting out and actually talking to our service friends with some good news, or, yes. or at least some positive news. Yeah, and and you're starting to see it, you know, I mean, just look around here at NAPE, how many people are here. I think uh, we heard today that as many as 10,000 people had come, and something along the lines, like 40% are first-time attendees. Yeah. So yeah. You're, you're seeing, you know, more people out and about, which is a positive. Uh, and then you've got, uh, uh, I mean, just from our own business, and you know this, we're starting to see more people you know, make inquiries about subscribing, which is great. We love the support. Yeah. And uh, it were sponsorship opportunities. And and I think that's just an indication of greater confidence yep. in their own respective business that they're willing to, to, to do more. And so, and it's not just the service companies. We're seeing it from EMP companies as well. Yeah. And so all around uh, uh, pretty upbeat. And, and I think, you know, is, uh, we've been listening to a number of the Q4 earnings calls. We're, you know, in the initial stages. Yep. Uh, several of the service companies have reported, and, uh, and a couple of the bigger EMP companies have reported. And, and again, the, you can hear it from the tone of the conference calls. Uh, the, the mood is much better. Right. The EMP companies are generating tremendous levels of free cash flow, uh, which is has been expected. Right. And uh, many of them will increase spending on a year-over-year basis uh, in 22, which is good. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a yeah, good go point. Let, let's get into that yeah. a little bit. Like again. We've been around listening to conference calls, not kicking the tires lately. What are some of the main themes or takeaways that at least that you've seen, and I can go into some yeah. as, as we talk about it as well, but that you've seen through both the EMP and the service guys so far? Well, I think the, uh, from, from an EMP perspective, you had you know, companies such as, say, Chevron or 
or Exxon, XTO, you know, sizable increases year over year yeah. in their Permian spend, which and is, is for most of our friends and subscribers know, we tend to focus more on the U.S. onshore market, and that's right. where I spend all my focus, if you will. Um, so pretty healthy increases there. Uh, the As you listen to the service companies, we've had most of the, well, really the top four land drilling contractors have yeah. all now reported. Yep. Uh, and, you know, two of which just reported uh, yesterday. They are continuing to see uh, incremental rigs going back to work. Uh, they are making further investments to upgrade rigs with new technology. Uh, they are all talking about uh, significantly higher service pricing. Right. And it's not just that they're out there gouging. They're not at all, because if you look at their margins, you know, the last two years have been death for yeah. so many companies. And and so now the, the pricing movement up is really just to, you know, I hate to, you know, uh, quote Obama here and say you're paying your fair share or whatever the quote was. But, you know, that's you're seeing sort of a, a bit of a redistribution that's starting in the early stages. And so optimism on price yep. and expectations that price go higher. Um, and so I think you're going to, you know, the, to me, it looks like the, you'll continue to see faster relative movement upwards on the rig count. Uh, completion activity is still stable to improving. Right. Uh, most of the frat companies are, you know, most of them are committed to not deploying more crews right uh, because I think that the need to get margins up is is real but yeah but you, like two things within there right I mean the the talk I mean at least late last year on the pricing was always oh it's all labor related you know you, you yeah. need to pay all, all the guys you're not hearing that quite as much it's kind of it's still there, but it's like it's not the hey that we need to go up ten percent because we just don't have the we don't have the ability to do it right well, now. And I, it's it's both. I mean, yeah, you had a lot of the in the back half of twenty one. It was the challenges with labor, and labor is yeah. still a big challenge. Yeah, yeah. But you had uh, you know the inflationary cost pressures was something that we, we were we and we weren't the only ones writing about it, but it, it's a real deal, and they need to recoup their. Right. Those costs, and so that was the the pressure on pricing. Now, as activity is ramping, it's more of there's just there's more demand, frankly, and so now it's a I've got the ability to raise my price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that I have to do this. It's like, oh no, you got a little bit more pricing power, I should say. Yeah. Than than the service guys have probably had in the last several years. That's right. And so I, I was talking to, um, gosh, I talked to a workover provider yesterday. I talked to a. Logis sand logistics provider this morning just getting caught up and they're both saying the same thing like we have more demand than readily crude rigs yep. or trucks and drivers and so you know when you have that situation naturally that's when people the price lever has pushed moved further to the, in the hands of service companies and it likely continues given expectations for higher activity right. from here right and so and then the other thing that has jumped out is we've seen uh there continues to be talk about M and A yep. in the in the service sector. Uh, everybody knows that deals need to happen. You've started to see some deals materialize. Uh, we've you know well servicing has been one of the more active spots. That's right. Uh, and then pressure pumping. We've seen a couple deals. And so I don't know. I, I think that that continues. I, we we talked to one of our banking friends the other day, and um, you know engagements and backlog right. is good. You know, yeah. He obviously can't say what he's doing, and I don't want to know, but you can ask questions. Are you busier today than you were a year ago? Right. Right. 
and and they're not talking again. We're, we're you know kind of being general here, but they're not talking about like oh there, here are all the roadblocks to these deals happening. Right. People are more open to them, which is at the end of the day re really good for the service guys. I, I think that's right, and I think that to the extent there is is any roadblocks today, it's probably lack of liquidity. Yeah. As opposed to egos or, or <laughs> yeah. you know, but we'll see. Yeah. So. Yeah. So like, look, the, the, those have seemed to be some of the big themes that we've talked about. Another one I w wanted to hit on a little bit was, and you mentioned it in, in the note last week is the duck inventory. And a lot of people have talked about this for a mm -hmm. while, just continues to creep down, which, you know, kind of, what does that mean in the future? Right. And I think and what happened is, you know, we were, you know, sometimes uh, you have to acknowledge when you're wrong. And yep. back in the fall, we started writing about the duck inventories declining and what the implication would be for completion activity, thinking that if you run out of ducks and you don't have anything to complete, then frack activity could go down. And, uh, and so anyway, so then as we, wrote, you know, we were out in uh, Midland a couple weeks ago and met with some of the EMP companies. And some of them, you know, these are all smart dudes, brought up the whole duck inventory. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And what could it mean? And so... What was interesting is I asked the question of them. I said, okay, well, where are your ducks, right? Yep. Oh, we don't carry many. We don't need to carry many. We're just in time, fine. And then you ask them the question, well, are you likely to drop crews later this year <laughs> because of declining inventories? And they're like, no. In fact, we might have to pick up a spot crew here or there. Right. And so I went through and I asked several of the companies about this. And, uh, and I didn't have anyone say, oh, yeah, we will be dropping a crew because we've run out of inventory. Right. And so, and then the other thing is when you look out there, uh, and again, I'm focusing just on the Permian right now, but there are a lot of new names on the EMP space that I've never heard of before, yep. right? And I, perhaps we're too prideful, but we like to think that we know what's going on. And then you find out, oh, there's these 10 companies, you had no idea who they were. Right. You realize just how big this market is. And, well, so, and then looking around here, right? I mean, there, obviously there are a lot of different names here, but yeah. th there's some, just like you were mentioning earlier, 40% new people here. A lot of that means new companies on the EMP side. And, and, and that, that's right. And so when, when I was out there a couple weeks ago and I was looking at some, who some of the names were, it, admittedly I don't know them and I don't have details exactly on what their, their plans are, but they have picked up a rig. Yep. Well, why would, if you've picked up a rig, you're probably going to complete the wells, particularly if W ties it. 90, 90 bucks, bucks, right? So, yeah. you know, there's that a segment of EMPs that we don't know very well yet that yeah. likely will be completing. So I, I still feel positive about the frack market. I'm not, I'm not worried about the duck inventories ca causing a rollover in completion activity right. this year. And I guess a, a little plug on that, EMP companies that you don't think we know or you know, don't know us, please reach out. <laughs> you know, we'd love to talk to you. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> so, and then what else? Uh, terms of the go ahead no no you're, you're good i was trying to go through some other items on there i mean we've hit the, a couple of the big ones on on um you know what kind of what we're seeing in q4 q4 yeah and I think, what, what do you i guess the question is what do you see for q1 next year and and now that we, you know q4 is baked it's done what what are you kind of hearing on how people are going to do in 22 well one of the questions we've asked several of the service companies is you everyone you know we all or one big family in this energy community, we all talk to everyone. And, and the term you hear used a lot today is we, we think we're in the beginning of a multi-year upcycle. Yep. We, I hear that from EMP companies, service companies, and I hope that we're right. Yes. But the question is if, if the EMP companies really believe that we're in a multi-year upcycle, wouldn't they then want to go out to the service companies and lock in capacity for more than say six to 12 months? Yep. 
you know, why wouldn't you go get that rig to keep a hot rig and just sign the contract for two years or wh whatever it might be? And so I've been asking more of the service mm. companies, hey, how many of your customers are actually coming to you and asking for commitments into 23? Right. And the answer is very, very few. Mm. And so uh, now, and also I don't think anyone ha has created a 23 budget at this point. Yeah, well, that's true too. But one would, if, you, if you just use the, the current commodity price and the forward curve, one would think that spending would be up again in 23. But well, and, and that becomes another great, we've gotten this question a lot too, is when do the EMP guys think like that, reinvest or grow their production? And obviously we, we've always kind of said that it's complicated hmm. or it depends, but when do we think that starts happening? Yeah, so I've uh, you know I've, I've been in the camp and that that when investors start rewarding production growth yeah. is when companies will change their behavior. I think that's right. And so, the, and and you get to a point where where the commodity price, the returns are so strong. Like, when do you see that that pivot? And I yeah. don't know when that's going to be. I really yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of other people smart, way smarter than us that yeah. have kind of you know planted their flag on that. Yeah, and it's really you know. I guess we've all been so burned by, you know, making calls or thinking like, hey, that we know what's going to happen in six, in six to 12 months and been totally wrong right. and that it's hard to say anything. But, but it's this point, you know, with the, some of the public EMPs that we visited with, you know, recently, they continue to maintain the, the notion that the budget is the budget. Right. So if they've already guided their 22 CapEx, they're probably not going to deviate materially yeah. from it. Now they might there might have to be some some adjustments to reflect rising service costs. I think that's yep. you know the my impression from talking to EMP people in the back half of 21 uh because some of our clients are EMP supply yep. chain folks and they're great people but there was pushback on the service cost inflation that we were writing about and the yep. expectation. And I think there was this false belief that there's a lot of excess capacity in the yep. market. And I think that's Part of the reason for that is the industry is, is terrible. The service industry is terrible about, you know, adjusting their rig counts or their frat crew counts for what's actually actively marketed. So a good example, and this is not a criticism, but like Patterson UTI, you know, they announced on their earnings call the other day yep. that they, they've exited the SCR market. They weren't really marketing those rigs. Right. But there's low 40s counts. I think it was 43 rigs that have been scrapped. Right. They also talked about cutting up 200,000 frat horsepower. And the well service rig business, which gets a lot less visibility today because all, there's really no public companies besides Ranger, right. um, all of them have been actively decommissioning rigs. And you yep. can go look at some of the videos. Key Energy just put out a video where they're destroying yep. you know, their, their rigs, and Brigade Energy Services has done that. And so it has, what the service people need to do is really sort of adjust, frankly, how they report their assets because right. it, you do think that there's more equipment out there that can work than it really can. And a right. lot of stuff's been picked over and cannibalized. And then it goes back to the labor situation we hit on earlier. You just can't find the people. Right. And so, um, but that's been one of the things that you've seen uh, in earnings season so far is a little bit of, you know, cutting up, cutting up of stuff. Yeah. And look, it's been an interesting earnings season. You know, again, we've got a lot of positive thinking out here, you know, in, mm -hmm. with $90 oil. We've got a really good relatively speaking, rig count out there. Mm -hmm. So that makes people feel good. And it looks like more and more people are, you know, getting to a, a comfortable place, even in the service world. I, th I think they're, yes, they're getting, it's getting, it's getting better for right. sure. And, uh, and so I don't, I don't, 
there's not the fear, certainly not <laughs> yeah. the fear that we were seeing, you know, 12 to 18 months ago. It's a much better mood. Cool. Uh, and then uh, I'm trying to think of what else. The other thing that, uh, you know, some of the more recent anecdotes that I find interesting just still relate to um, sand and logistics. Yep. And I've had multiple people uh, from various parts of the oil-filled food chain commenting on that, that right now there's the, the shortages that exist in the Permian are having a, uh, having dis, a dis, continued disruptive effect uh, in terms of your, your inability to get drivers. Yep your inability to actually get new tractors. And, you know, one of the logistics providers just made a comment to me this morning. He said, you know, we, if you have to go buy a used tractor, it's more expensive than buying a new tractor. Yep. And you can't get the new tractors right now because they're not readily available. And so new orders have been pushed to the right. And so just, and then make some maintenance issues with some of the, the mines. They're not able to, you know, essentially produce what they, you know, their nameplate is right. You package all that together. You're having issues getting, you know, sand. If you can't get sand to location on a timely basis, it disrupts the operation, etc. Right. And so, um, but I've had that. I've had frack companies and sand logistics providers sort of lamenting that challenge right now. And so that's been one of the more topical. Yeah. So like you're now you're hitting a little on like headwinds. What are, yeah. I mean, sand logistics. It's it, it's one of those bugaboos that's always been there, right? right. And it's 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 come rearing its head right now. Yeah. Any other kind of headwinds that we're kind of seeing out there? It's mostly on the logistics yeah. and, and and the labor front, um, and so that's at least those are the two that are that are called out most frequently. And and then you had some of the uh, for the OEMs, uh, NOV, and I believe Forum right. uh, yes. Forum pre-release, but you know just supply chain headaches that have impacted their operations. So yep. it's again. I, I don't consider it their fault. I think it's a broader issue aff right. afflicting the entire U.S. economy. Well, you kind of hit on it, right? Like, so those two both mentioned that on the supply chain, but right. that's a that's a macro issue. Yeah. And and so are truck drivers. So are you know uh, sourcing trucks or any kind of vehicles right. right now. So very interesting that that our world is getting the same kind of effect that that some of these other worlds have, have seen already, and we're starting to see it as well. That's right. And then I would say the other thing that has been uh, you know fairly topical the last several months really has been the whole pressure pumping yep uh the transition if you will yeah from you know legacy equipment to you know new generation equipment and this, the the debate even amongst the industry players like what's the right solution yeah and i have absolutely no idea <laughs> what the right solution is cuz i've noticed different you know when you see all of the companies having customers using their right. their solution it tells me something well they must all work in some form or fashion. So I'm not, but the, the big question is who has the best emissions and so forth. And anyway, the long and short of it is you're still seeing the transition to new generation equipment. Right. BJ, multiple contracts, Liberty, you know, they've got their two digi frac fleets coming. Yep. Uh, you know, you've got leaders in tier four dual, dual fuels such as Next Tier, ProPetro, yep. and, and Liberty. Uh, there's just, a, in, you know, there's a big push there. And I think that will continue. And, and it's the, it, it reminds me a little bit of the uh, the transition back when I started in the business, mechanical rigs, the SCR to yep. AC. Yep. And it feels like that is playing out. And yeah. if we go back and look at where we are today on the rig side, you don't really see the, I mean, look at what Patterson just did. They're cutting up all their SCR rigs, right? That's, you wonder at what point do we get to the frack world where you, you kind of blow up right majority of the legacy equipment oh I, yeah that, that i don't think it's any that and it's not in the next year or two but it's it just it feels like that's what's eventually going to happen yeah look you, you that was a longer process on the on that work over on the rig side yeah. right 
But I mean, the as we've seen on this transition for anything right now, it seems like those kind of changes are just moving faster. That's what, right. what, whatever it is, you know, in terms of timing, who knows? Yeah. So anyway, we'll, we'll wrap it up here in a minute. Yeah. The uh, last things for DEP is we've, we have a new hire who's going to start writing more on some EMP and refining topics, Jeff Jay. He's yep. spent a number of years on the buy side. Yep. Uh, we'll be hitting the field here aggressively in, uh, in, in March and in, in April. And so we'll be bugging people for field tours, et cetera. Yep. And, uh, you know, come out to some of our events. Check a look at our website. Uh, if you don't know us, yeah. give us a ring. We'll talk. Yeah, please give us a ring. You, you, we're, we're pretty easy to find. We've got our Thrive Conference coming up in a couple of weeks, and we'd love to have people there. Um, and we're really happy to be able to do this at Nate. This yeah. has been awesome. I mean, it's a little different for us, but uh, it's, uh, it's been good. And a final shout out to our good friends at Upright Digital for all the work that they do. They're yep. our media partner, yep. and uh, everybody should be reaching out to Upright and uh, calling those folks, whether it's marketing or planning events. Uh, they just have done a phenomenal job for they us. Yeah, we've so. been really happy, and we're you know, excited for everything that's going to happen for us and for, for them in 2022. That's great. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks.